morning, Crossroads Community. How's everybody doing today? You guys good? Would you guys thank Ricky and our amazing worship team this morning for leading us? Man, they did a fantastic job. It's always just beautiful to hear uh, and, and, and listen and respond. And I find myself on the front row this morning and singing and then worshiping and then observing, which are just things that just bring joy into my heart. So it's beautiful not only to see from this perspective, but to turn and see from that perspective of, well, of the worshiping and, and just the singing and the joy and the thing that makes us as believers in Jesus Christ, those that follow the gospel, makes us weird to the rest of the world because we worship and we read and we worship, and it's this beautiful cycle that we go through that I'm excited to continue to be a part of. So, show of hands, how many of you rang in the new year the appropriate way, all the way to 12, 1201? Raise your hands. Anybody? That's a lot more than I thought. How many of you, like myself, made it to 930 and said, out, done? Like, there we go, there we go. Anybody earlier than 930? Bless you, dude. Five o'clock, that's amazing. Sun up, sun down, I love it. Um, yeah, I've kind of got to the point in my life where I, I've realized in the, the nearly 45 years that I've been alive, nothing really happens after 12. It's like, yay, and then you still got to clean up. You still got to get ready for bed. You still got to figure out a way to get all the kids back to sleep with all the sugar and everything else that's been going on. So I just pretty much left that up to my wife last night. I'm going to bed. I used the excuse of preaching today. <laughs> Isn't it great? Um, all right. How many of you, for whatever reason, or just for, how many of you made a resolution? You're going to do something in the new year. Anybody make a resolution? Are you, you're the only one? Nobody else? But how many of you need to make a resolution? I'm, okay, we got two. All right. Hey. Well, congratulations. You still have time. <laughs> how many of you made a resolution that you're going to attend church starting today? Thank you. <laughs> that was like a kind of a play on words there. Like we're here. We could have all said yes. You should do it. Jesus loves people that come to his house. To work. I'm kidding. Where am I going with this? Well, we're here, and I'm super glad that you are. Regardless of what resolutions you've made or you will make, um, one of the things that we as a staff and our leadership and pastors have resolved to do is that we are going to walk through Scripture for one year. How many of you guys knew that? We're going to walk through the Bible for one year. So I'm, I'm resolved to do something today I've never done. I am preaching from a brand new Bible. How about that? Look at that big boy. Hmm? Like, I could throw this at someone, and it would really hurt. It wouldn't go far with how weak my arms are, but if you're close to the front and I get excited, you don't know what's going to happen. But I've never done this before. This Bible has two marks in it right now, one to start and one to stop. And I have the joy of, of beginning... Uh, our series together as we read through the Bible, starting in Genesis 1. So for the next five hours, buckle your seatbelts, uh, <laughs> recline. <laughs> it's a big Bible, so we're going to have a lot of fun. But now we're going to start in Genesis 1 with this whole thing of creation. And for you engineers and you historians in the room and you people who like to discover and, and dig in and invest, I mean investigate into something, this is your worst nightmare. Because God, because he's God and how he creates and what he does, he does not say, hey, let me give you every little detail and how everything plays together so perfectly. We get like a chapter. So in the Bible that I have, this big baby, I have like a page like this much at the top of the second page. And that's, that's where God goes, this is where I did everything. Essentially, I made it all, I did it all. And then we have to pull that in. And so as readers, we have to decide right then. Like, is, if you're opening this for the first time ever, you have to say, man, is this truth or is this false? Because there's just not enough meat here for me to really feel like I'm getting enough to eat. 
This doesn't feel like there's so much here that I can really dig in. It's the beauty of God. Because as we see, if we only looked at page one and we just said, wow, this is just obviously not enough information for me to gather. Is God real? But we, God doesn't stop here. And we get like 66 more books where he continues to unfold his plan. And the more that we read and the more that we saturate our heart, our life, our being into his word, we see his plan. And the thing that, again, I've learned in nearly 45 years of living, I don't have to figure God out. That is freedom for my soul. That is freedom for my mind. That is freedom, guess what, for my conversations. I don't have to figure God out. Because it's his plan, it's his will, and we follow according to those plans and wills. And what we see by faith, we can believe that it is true and that it is accurate. And I 100% believe that it is true, that it is accurate. Um, one of our staff members right now is in the Holy Lands and walking around. And every time I know someone that goes over there, I always ask this one question. Have you been to the tomb? Yes. Is he there? No. It's like, there's all this proof that Jesus is not there. That it is true that he did live, that he did exist, that uh, as we read through the Old Testament, all these historical places, we can find. There's a few we can't because God has hidden them. But it's very few. So let's do this. Let's dig in. We're going we're gonna to read, and I'm going to read a lot. Five hours worth. We'll begin in Genesis 1, and we'll go about 30-ish. I'm not going to tell you how many. We're just going to go. And then we'll dig in and we'll have a fun time. All right, so read along with me. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was an evening, and there was a morning one day. Then God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came, and then morning the second day. And then God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth. And the gathering of water he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and fruits and trees on the earth, bearing fruit and seed and according to their kinds. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with the seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and then the morning the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. There will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. The greater light to rule over the day and the lesser light to rule over the night as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky providing light to the earth to rule the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God thought it was good. Evening came the morning, the fourth day. We're over halfway in the first week. Then God said, let the water swarm, the living creatures, let the birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and living 
creatures that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. He also created every winged creature according to its kinds. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters of the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. Evening came and then morning the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that crawl, and the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. So God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. And God also said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This will be food for you, for all of wildlife, all of the earth, every bird of the sky, and for every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything that were in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, declared it holy, for on it he rested from all the work of creation. It took me five minutes to do that. (laughs) We see very, very quickly And like I said, a page and just a little bit at the top of mind, all of creation, everything that God did, created right then. And and our brains go, but there has to be more, there has to be more, there has to be more. And everything that we see is in this. God did it. The first thing God did is that God communicated. He communicated. He spoke. He just began to speak. He communicated to this darkness and things began to happen. And we have to acknowledge that, again, everything that we see is truth. Everything that in these page and a fourth is, is true. Because he created all of it by speaking. He created the earth and it was formless and empty. If you're reading in a different translation, it may say dark and void. Maybe it's like our bank accounts after Christmas. They are dark and void. We're ready to fill them up. We're ready to create something to go into them. And can you imagine that? Can you imagine God speaking and he creates this, this ball that we see, or this round thing, and it's dark and it's void. There's nothing there. As the Bible describes, it's just raging. It's chaos. It's, 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 it's like a nightmare. And he's looking at it and going, oh, this is going to be great. And he begins to do things, formless and empty. It's inhabitable wasteland. No space for life. Nothing can be there. It's dead. Think of not only that, think of, 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 of now that we have the gospel and we have Jesus, let's kind of just take what we know now of creation. Let's fast forward over to the gospels. Let's fast forward into Paul's teaching. Let's fast forward into what we know as salvation today. And what do we know about ourselves? At, at birth, we think we have life, but because of our soul and because of our sin, because of the darkness that's over us, what are we? Empty and void. 
It's a darkness that has to be filled by the speaking of God's voice and the calling of His Son and the redemption and the salvation that only Jesus can bring. And as we said earlier, we may say, oh, it's one page, it can't be accurate, but God reveals it time and time again through the pages as we read and as we dig in, we begin to see these things. And so God speaks and things begin to happen. He speaks and there's water that calms. He speaks and there's land that rises. He speaks and the heavens separate from the water. He speaks and there's day. He speaks and there's night. He begins to speak and everything that we see now didn't exist. He's speaking and it's happening as he's calling and he's saying it. It is forming because he communicates. He speaks. He is audible. He is calling it out to us. The things that are formless and empty, God begins to fill by his voice. What is the next thing that we see that God does in the very brief passages? He separates. God and his plan has designed not only to have something that's that's void and empty and formless to give it structure, but he speaks and he brings division. What do we see? He divides the, the water from the heavens. He divides the night from the day. He divides the land from the water. The animals that exist in the water are not the same animals that exist in the air. He makes all of this division. God divides and separates. Why? Because this is what he's doing. He's showing us his plan. Darkness and water will show up throughout the Bible. Throughout scriptures we read, darkness and water continually show up. Jesus, in his statements, I'll give you living water that will flow from you. For out of me flows. Calls us in, out of darkness into what? Light. Throughout scripture, this symbolizes judgment. And God is working for salvation. Thirdly, God creates boundaries. He communicates, it begins, he separates, and then he creates these boundaries. In his separation, there are boundaries. The old covenant was about separating. Job 38, 8 through 11 talks about where the water can come and where it can't come. Jeremiah 5, 22, and then even in, in, in Psalm 104, it's the same thing. It's this thing of you can come here, you can't come here. I mean, have you, do anybody have kids? Like, you have children. Have you had children? This is raising your hand. There's more than two people that have had kids. This, if not, we need to have a talk. Anyway, when you tell your child, like the ones that are like standing up and walking, Dusty, you know what I'm talking about. Like, when you say, stay there, does she just, he's He's going. We have these kids, and we say, hey, just don't, just, just don't go past this. I'm going to go over here. And they're like, what? Where are you going? What's... And they just begin to follow. They don't listen. We, we make these creations that we, that we say, oh, that's my kid. They're great. They're like me. Or like me. They're like their mom. <laughs> they're amazing. Please don't be like me. And then we go, hey, don't do that. And we turn around. They're doing the thing we tell them not to do. My oldest was the worst when he was young. We would have knives on the table. We'd go to restaurants. Please don't give him a knife. Oh, great, they gave him a knife. Even the waitress can't listen. And so he gets a knife, and it's like, he'd play with it. Ben, don't play with the knife. I can't play with the knife. Don't play with the knife. What if I just put my finger around the knife? Can I do this? Can I look at it? Daddy, can I take your hand and touch the knife? And it's like, I can't even get my offspring to obey, but God. Check this out. God himself literally went, okay, water, you're going to go here. 
no farther. Uh, heavens and sky, you're going to be about right here, no farther. Mountains, you're going to raise to here. You know, just, he's just telling it. And you know what his creation does? It obeys. And God's division, and God's separation, and God's boundaries that he's created, his creation obeys. And every time he does something, he goes, it's good. It's good. If you've been around me for any length of time, there's a few things that I make, and they're really good. I make grits. Amazing. I make a homemade mac and cheese. I mean, I'll slap your grandmama. It's so good. And I used to say, I would make it, people go, oh, this is so good. I'd say, man, thank you. Now you know what I do? I make it, I taste it, and I'm like, ooh, that's good. And then people eat it, and they go, man, this is really good. I go, I know. I know. I'm not even going to smile about it anymore. I'm like, I made it. Of course it's good. It's this thing when we do it and it's really good, we got this pride, we got this, and, and this is God. It's good. He's creating, he's speaking, he's separating, he's making boundaries, and every time he's going, it's good, it's good, it's good. It even gets to the last day, what does he say? It is so good. Like God gets excited about his own creation. And through his boundaries, we see this. It goes just beyond physical. And God's creation of, of making, and he, there's reference in Scripture, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, tree of life. God at that point even separated good from evil before evil even existed. Before it was ever committed evil on the earth, God knew, I will divide even these, light and dark, evil and good. He would make a division, his plan. And we get to New Testament, we see the Gospels, we see Jesus, we see this new covenant, and did Jesus come and go, no more separation? He said, come out from among them and be what? Separate. Don't be like the world, don't be like sin, don't be in darkness, be what? Light in the darkness. Be light in a place that is dark. God's creation, it, it, it didn't just, his reflection of this in his own kind as he's making us, as he's creating humans. We are to be reflective of God. We are to be like God in his image. And so I can't produce light. There are times figuratively that I can reflect in Jesus' light, but I can go into a situation that is dark, that is evil, and I can bring light into that situation. I can go into conversations. I can go into uh, relationships. I can go into so many situations and then on the authority of the gospel of what Jesus has called me to do personally, I can choose to stay dark in those moments, to be quiet, or I can speak love and I can speak life that turns into light in those dark areas in which Jesus has called us to do. Revelation 21, when, when the new heaven, the new earth is established, when there is no need for a sun anymore because the glory of God will shine so brightly there will be no more division of day and night. When God created and it was darkness and then he made light, light will stay and darkness will go away. It is a visual for us to understand that evil will die and God will restore everything that he intended, everything that he planned, everything that he marked out to happen will because we see these things 
so clearly in Scripture. It's not about just a page. It's about all the pages coming together. This is one big story of God. And one that I am super excited to walk with our faith family, our oikos together in as we search God, as we learn from Him, we learn from His Word. So yes, Jesus did, did not come to this world to separate. He came to join. He came to chase the sinner, to redeem what was lost. And he is still searching even today. In this room, I just believe there's some soul in this room that is sitting in darkness. You're a creation, but you're void and you're dark. And you're going, I just don't know what all this is. And this is just one page. This is really confusing. There's so much I don't know. I feel like I can't read the Bible because I don't know where to start. And your heart needs light to pierce into it so that you can be born again so that you can hear the gospel, you can receive the gospel, and not walk away going, I've got it all figured out, but you can walk away going, I'm an infant now in, 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 in God's hands. And what we do here at Crossroads is one thing I love so much is we want to partner you with someone to walk out the gospel, to be discipled, to, to go, hey, I don't know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray a long time ago too. I don't know how to read scripture. I didn't know how to do that either. Let me talk to you. Let me show you. Let me walk with you. Let's do this together. This was God's intention, even in Genesis. Why? If we kept reading in chapter 2, what do we find out? There's man. He's lonely. God brings animals, and he goes, they're not good. They're weird. Well, I mean, this one looks like it's a giraffe. could, like, take me out in one swoop. I mean, God, these things are not fun. So he makes a woman to be his helper. We are not intended to do any of this alone. His, he continually reveals these things. And lastly, this, God fills his creation just like we shared with, with the darkness of your soul and your heart, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus as your Savior, you are void and God wants to fill you in his word. What does he say? Be fruitful, multiply. He literally tells animals to do it. He creates humanity, tells them to do the same thing. And the story continues throughout the rest of the books of the Bible. You can read even more to continue to unpack daily. If you need a reading plan, we have those available at our Welcome Center. You can find those. You can find information there on our Facebook page. There's a link. I mean, you, there, we can get this to you anyway. So here's the question that we have today. And we went really fast. You guys know that I went fast? Fast. But it's a story that can be told quickly. Because, again, it's by faith. If we want the engineer brain, if we want to have it all figured out, we're never going to. But by faith, we can believe that God did create, that God does speak, that he does separate, that he does feel. And one thing I want to make very, very clear to you, God loves so deeply, so much. He loves this world so much that he was willing to send his only son. And his son was willing to go and to come and to die, to pay that price. Because if you keep reading, as we said, there's no evil in the world, but God knew I'll separate good and evil. Evil enters the world. And the fall of mankind that is woven through all our genetics. We are born as beautiful as those kids are and as innocent as they seem. They are born with sin. Why? Because this is, this is a flesh that took on sin. And my wife is a flesh that dwells in sin. And we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus 
But that child is, is birthed out of sin because of the world and its creation, and it needs a Savior. And that child can grow and be intelligent, could soak up all the wisdom, could be athletic, could be artistic, do anything it wants. But if it never hears the gospel, if it never hears there's a big story of God that wants to be placed inside of that child, that now may be a teenager, or maybe that, thing, maybe that child has grown into an adult who thinks, well, it's, I just can't. I just can't do this. It's so embarrassing. Then it, the child, maybe the teenager, the young adult, the middle adult, the senior adult, will die in darkness, void, and empty. And at that point, no help for rescue. We, telling the big story of God, have the opportunity to share. So don't miss that. In God's big story of telling creation, in God's big story of revealing tons of history, beautiful stories, some stories that are just will shake you to your core because it's truth and humanity has fallen, don't miss where you are in God's story. Because again, if we go into John 3, 16, we hear Jesus. We understand that he loves you so much. He was willing to come and die. To take your place, to pay for your sin completely. And don't worry if the check is good. It is. Because it's his word. And the thing I was reading and realizing through all this story, God has never gone against his word. Ever. He's never let anyone down in Scripture. And I will speak for me. He's never let me down. Oh, but you know who has let me down? Y'all. Me. People. Humanity. That's, our, that's part of our thing. But God never lets us down. He's always there. Writing his story in your life. Would you stand with me? And would you pray with me? And again, if you're in the room today, you're sitting here and you're the one who says, my life is dark and void. There is no light in me. I would love to have a conversation with you. Many people in this room would love to have a conversation with you to show you and share with you where that light comes from. Father, we love you. So Lord, would you continue to lead us in this moment? And God, teach us more about your word. Reveal your plan to us, God. Thank you for this story. Thank you for the weight of it, for the depth of it, for the simplicity of it, and for the fact that we don't have to figure you out. But by faith, we can trust. Not only in your story of creation, but in the story of salvation. Lord, I pray for a boldness today to respond. There may be ones in this room today that the light is in their heart. Salvation has come, but they realize they're far from you. And God, a return is so beautiful. 
Would you let us respond that way? With a faith to believe and for others with a heart to receive. And a joy before us when we see the gospel lived out. We love you, Jesus. We commit all this to you.